and your mercy, your tender loves, O Lord. I great glory in our midst. I thank you, Jesus. I praise you, holy God. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Second Samuel chapter 23 tonight. Very happy to be in God's house and to worship Him in the good spirit and Holy Ghost energy that we feel here tonight. 2 Samuel chapter 23, two verses beginning with verse 11. This is a listing of David's mighty men. Verse 11 said, and after him, meaning after the first one that was mentioned, and after him was Shema, the son of Aji, the Hararite, and the Philistines were gathered together unto a troop where was a piece of ground full of lintels, and the people fled from the Philistines. Verse 12, But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. I'd like to work on tonight standing your ground. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. We have a thank you. We have a great message and a great commission that the Lord has given to His church. And first and foremost, anybody that wants to come into the body of believers that is called the church or the called out ones, people who are called out of darkness, out of sin, and they're brought into the church, which is the body of Christ then that person must repent of their sins. And, you know, the, first of all, you must believe. But let me explain something. You've got you've to gotta believe what the Scripture is saying. The Scripture tells you, defines whether or not you're believing or not. If you repent of your sins, then by your act of repentance, you're showing that you believe. For the Scripture is telling you to repent. So if you do it, then you're believing what the scripture is saying. If you refuse to do it, then you're showing yourself to be an unbelief. And then when you are baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, the scripture is instructing you to do that. When you do that, then you are showing that you believe. For once again, the scriptures are instructing you to do something. If you're believing, as many people claim to be doing, and you don't do that, then you are not believing according to the Scriptures. You disqualify yourself. It's very important to let the Scriptures instruct you as an individual on how to come in to the church, which is the body of Christ. The church is not a building of block and mortar and, and wood or steel. That is the church house. 
but the body of Christ is the church. It is termed to be a mighty congregation, the congregation of the mighty. And when you repent, when you are baptized in Jesus' name and your sins are fully pardoned, and then you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, this is God's plan of salvation. This is the born-again experience, and this is how you become a New Testament believer in the eyes of God and His church. Having done this and being made a part of the body of Christ, being a part of the church then, I want you to understand that we as the church collectively and universally have been given a commission. Jesus, having brought the disciples to a certain spot and point and begin to give them last-minute instructions before His glorified body was taken up into heaven, He told them that they were to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Everybody was to have the gospel. One place termed it, more than one place, this gospel. They were to have this gospel. As Paul said, there is not another. He marveled that some people were removed. Some people had moved away from the gospel and had been moved unto something else which he said is not another. There is no other gospel. The good news of the rep uh, the opportunity that everybody is given to repent and to be baptized in Jesus' name and to receive the free gift of the Holy Ghost is the gospel. It is the everlasting gospel. And the church is to defend that. We are to stand our ground. In the Old Testament, you have a mighty warrior here, a mighty man of God who seeing the enemy putting the people to flight. How many people are running away from Acts 2.38 and John 3.5 and one God because the religious world is saying boo and they're running and they're getting scared and getting afraid and they're feeling like they're too harsh or they're too hard. No, this man said, I'm in the middle of the harvest. I'm on this ground. I will stand my ground. I will not run. I will not chicken out. I will not get intimidated. I will not hide. I will not drop my weapons. But I will stand and I will defend. And that's what he did. We in this New Testament church can do no less. He was a part of the congregation in the wilderness, of the Old Testament. We have a New Testament. We have a new will. There is a new covenant. And they broke the old covenant. They broke ranks and ran. They gave up ground. They didn't stand their ground. And it cost 400 years of silence. But there came a day when there was somebody come out of the backside of the desert. And he said, I'm not hunting McDonald's or Burger King or anything else. I'm coming to you rough and rugged because I'm going to stand my ground. He stood in front of uh, men that were religious and told them, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? He said, don't give me your pedigree and all the letters of the alphabet after your name. You hear me when I tell you that God is able to raise up children of Abraham from these very stones and I'm telling you God's got a harvest and you need to protect it. God's got holy ground and you need to protect it. We need to protect every part of the good news and the message that has been delivered to the church. We need to stand our ground. We can, uh, we can stand our ground with a smile on our face. We can stand our ground 
with a firmness. We can stand our ground and not be ugly in any way, shape, or form. We can uh, stand our ground without having a chip on our shoulder. We can stand our ground because we're thankful. We can stand our ground because we appreciate the ground that we have. You might want to think of some of the common uh, faith and common salvation and the linkage and the heritage that goes back even to Abel. The Bible teaches that Abel stood his ground. Abel defended what he had gotten by revelation in the word of God, if you please. However, God gave the word at that moment, and Abel got a hold of it, and Abel did the right thing, and he gave his life for the right thing. He stood his ground rather than give it up. He said, I'm going to stand right on the principle of what I've learned and what is revelatory. I am not backing up, and his brother in a jealous rage slew him. But the Bible said that the ground cried out and testified, and God gave witness to the the fact that what Abel did and the sacrifice he gave, let me tell you, God is not closing his ears or shutting his eyes. He sees and he wants to see you standing your ground and defending it. Amen. There are people who definitely take too much upon themselves. And they aspire to things that are way above their pay grade, shall we say, and uh, way above them. There are people who say, well, you know, I think these are good people. They're going to make it. Who are you to judge that? Nobody takes God's place. God is the judge. Isn't it, isn't it contradictory that people say, oh, you shouldn't judge. But then they turn right around and they judge. Well, I'm going to judge, but I'm going to judge a righteous judgment. I'm going to judge on the book. I'm going to let the chapter and verse make the judgment. I have just got to obey it, and I've got to stand my ground, and I've got to defend the gospel that many righteous people gave their lives for. The Bible said in the gospel account by Luke that Jesus prayed until he sweat great drops of blood that fell to the ground. Jesus has some blood in this ground that he wants you to stand on. He wants you to stand that ground, stand that ground. Don't give it up. One, There are so many examples. Uh, there is an individual... The Bible teaches the king of the land and his, his nasty wife. And the king decided that he wanted a piece of ground that belonged to this man. This man did not hurt him. This man did not do anything wrong. He just had a choice inheritance. He had a good piece of ground that was entrusted to him. And the king sauntered by one day, and he said, I want your piece of ground. And I'll, in other words, give you whatever. You know, the devil will offer you. He Didn't he tell Jesus, he said, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. He said, I got the power to do that. And Jesus took care of him with chapter and verse. He stood his ground. 
And so this individual stood his ground to this spirit that rose up and he said, there's no way that I'm going to sell my inheritance. There's no way I'm not going to do that. I'm standing my ground. And his nasty wife got it fixed around to where they murdered that guy, had him taken out of the picture and stole his ground. Can I tell you that the enemy covets your ground? The enemy says, you're the one I want. I want what you've got because what you've got saves people. What you've got delivers people. What you've got is real. What you've got is work. What you've got... Jesus gave his life and the blood of the Spirit for. He gave it for that. We can't, we can't lightly walk away from this. We can't light, lightly back up on this. We cannot forsake this. And we cannot, like many have done, and in this last days, unfortunately, there will be those that will do it. They will run away. This individual, the Bible said, in the midst of that harvest field, he not only stood his ground, he not only defended, but the Bible said he set himself. And that's First Chronicles account. He set himself. He absolutely put his feet down. And he, you know, I saw a guy many, many, many years ago. I hate to say that many, many, many before the years part, but it was a long time ago. And I was in high school, and I was at a, uh, a wrestling match, and there was a young, a young guy who was probably a sophomore or a junior, and he, uh, he came from another school, and he was wrestling one of my friends, and I, I watched him. I watched this guy, and he planted his feet, and his muscles of his legs were just bulging, and that my friend of mine was trying to move him and couldn't budge him an inch. He could not move that dude. That dude planted his tree trunks, and he wasn't moving. And next thing I knew, my friend was up in the air. He just snatched him, a full body snatch, had him up in the air. I want you to understand something. We've got to plant our feet. We've got to get a, a, a stability here in our hearts. And we've got to be fully persuaded and convinced that this is the message. This is the truth. And Jesus has imparted it to his church. And that trickles down to each and every individual. And he's saying, I want you to bring it to every living creature. I want you to bring the gospel, the good news. Tell them they can need to repent. Tell them to be baptized in Jesus' name. And tell them they can have the free gift of the Holy Holy Ghost and you keep on telling them and when the devil challenges you when the devil makes all kinds of difficulties for you you keep telling yourself I am not giving an inch I'm not giving up any ground I'm setting myself in the defense of the gospel I shall not be moved none of these things that the enemy brings are going to move me not going to back up not going to compromise not going to water it down. Not going to say it was right for a few days or years, and now it's suddenly it's it's not all right, or the other way around. It's not all right. Now all of a sudden it is all right. Not going to do that. The chapter and verse in subject matter is still there, and it's going to be there to judge in that day. The Scripture teaches, and we want to stay with the Lord our God, who changeth not. And what He said was right then is right now. The way the first babies came into the church in Acts 2, that's the way the last ones will come in, right up to the first resurrection when he takes the church out of here. We must bring this message to everybody. If we can't get certain things across to people, if we can just get Acts 2.38 across, that is the main thing. We get that to them, then I'm going to tell you what, if they get this experience, then the rest of it's going to come. 
Different plants grow at different rates. I'll grant you that. We don't dress the fish before we catch it. We're not out of balance. We are balanced. We have set ourselves. We're not going to be knocked over or knocked right or left or into a retreat. We're going to set ourselves for the defense. Isn't that what Paul said in Philippians 1.7 and 1.17? He said, I am set for the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. And another place, he said, I am set for the defense of the gospel. We're not going to shrink at this. We're not going to back up. We're not going to let people's words make us feel like we're going to go on some guilt trip somewhere. And we're dogmatic. And we're too hard. And we're too critical. And the place where we dwell is too straight. Listen, that devil's going to have all kinds of words and arguments, but you better set yourself, and you better take to you the whole armor of God, and you better tell yourself, I've got the sword of the Spirit. It is the Word of God, and I will stand and defend the precious fruit of the earth, the harvest, and the church. Amen. Woo! Yes, Lord. God's got a church. That has set itself. God has a church that is truly locked in. God has a church. They said the other day, I was told by a pastor that uh, there was this guy, and they said there was two characteristics about this guy. One was he was arrogant, and the other was that he was wishy-washy on the, on the gospel, on the truth, on the message. And yet he was being used to preach all these different conferences and one in particular being a home missions type thing starting new works in new fields and uh, he happened to come across a path of a preacher that I know who started a work from nothing and has a good work and had it now for many years and this preacher said to this young man this young arrogant wishy-washy man he said uh, he said uh, asked him begin to ask him a question about the, the Bible very specific question and the fellow began to, to back up and crawfish and evade and dodge and duck and so this preacher stepped it up and he held the guy's feet to the fire and when he got done he went and called the man that was setting up the conference and he said you don't need to preach this guy and he said why he said because he doesn't believe the message he's not standing his ground in other words he's not standing with the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob people. He's not standing with the Peter and the James and the John people. He's not standing with the church. He's not standing with people who have given blood, sweat, and tears and lives for this thing. Why do you think Antipas was a martyr? Do you think it was because he chose Burger King over McDonald's or both of them over Wendy's? No, I don't think so. Matter of fact, I know not. He got killed and martyred and became a faithful martyr to the Lord because he stood for the message. He would not bow. They said there's three gods. He said no, there's one God and his name is Jesus. And they said you don't baptize in that name. He said I baptize in that name. I'm baptized in that name and I baptize people in that name and I lay hands on people and pray they get the Holy Ghost. Set not only for the defense but for the confirmation. That God will confirm His Word. And if God allows you to go through a challenging time, then you go through it. But you stand your ground rather than give up. You give of yourself in sacrifice as Abel did rather than give ground, rather than back up. If you truly 
care about the harvest, the souls, then you will stand your ground on the only thing that can reap the harvest. And that's this message. This is a message where you must stand your ground and you must defend it. And you want to remember that the rest of that verse said and that God worked a great victory. You know, God works with them who work. If you're working for him, he's going to be working with you because that's what your Bible teaches and says. The Lord worked with them, confirming his word with signs and wonders and miracles. And we've got people that uh, they have to have a glut of that. they got to have something every service. Let me tell you, my God knows exactly what to do and when to do. And I'm going to tell you what, every person that is baptized in Jesus' name and full of the Holy Ghost or every person that has repented and gotten baptized is a miracle, and you might want to recognize that. I've seen people and know of people that have had miraculous healings, but they never got the Holy Ghost, and they never live for God. And let me tell you, your, healing of, your miracle of healing is not salvation, honey child. And I thank God for every miracle of healing that he shows on any individual. But you better let that be an indicator and a sign that points you to the salvation that's contained within the scripture. And you better hear it from somebody that's standing the ground and tells you the message and is not ashamed of it. Somebody that has set themselves. As the brother said, for the storm, because the storm's going to come. bank president the other day, he said something about, he said, uh, I don't know, what is it, the, uh, the, the literal term when they say hell or high water, they mean that the enemy would come, and, uh, like a flood, and I said, well, I said, I got news for you, I said, I teach him to expect that, you have to expect the hell and the high water. You have to expect the devil to come. You have to expect him to send a flood. But you can also expect that the Lord our God will raise up a banner. He will declare war on the enemy. My God knows how to defend his church. He is our defense. He's not sleeping. He's not on vacation or staycation. He's on the job. He's involved. His hands are in this thing. His life, his everything is invested in the church. Amen. Amen. You better hear me tell you that you want to be among you want to be among that multitude that's going to be around that throne singing the salvation song and wearing those beautiful linen robes of righteousness then you better stand your ground because there is the enemy that has and will continue to send out a flood that old dragon that old serpent the devil is going to use everything he can to send out a flood to try to dilute and to drown out the voice of the church and to water down the message. But there are a, there is a people that God has that is known in his church, known as the congregation of the mighty, and they are known of God. And, they, and the Bible did say they that know their God are going to do daring, bold deeds in these last days. Sure, some people are going to fall, and it's going to test others. And your test, your story, your trial is going to come from many different angles and many different forms but you better learn to discern at the root of that thing is the same old serpent and you better stand with the right thing the root of Jesse and the offspring of David the bright and the morning star the alpha and the omega the first and the last you better stand with the I am that I am stand your ground and hold high the banner of truth and defend with a right spirit the right spirit, the truth. 
want to stand. You can stand now, literally. We'll stay standing. Thank you for standing. You want to, we want to. And we, everybody has their turf. Everybody has their patch. And we are where God planted us. And we certainly want to bloom where God has planted us. And we are anticipating a beautiful harvest that will be brought in. And God knows how to help us to do that. But it's not going to get done by backing up. Not going to get done like those other folks, those that ran away when they saw the enemy coming. Or like the 380 that ran away when Jesus gave them explicit instructions. No, sir, we're going with the, the ones that went forward, the ones that held the ground, the ones that held it high, the ones that kept the message, the ones that were obedient, the ones that would not find some excuse to go do whatever it is their flesh and the enemy wants them to do and then try somehow to wrap it up and make it look presentable. Jesus pretty much labeled them to be pretenders, people that were for the pretense standing around and doing certain things. You don't want to be anything about pretense. You don't want to be fronting or putting on. You want to be one of those people that has set yourself and this is it. This is your life. This is your calling. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to take this thing right through the grave and come out happy on the other side. I'm going to stand for the truth. I'm going to defend the truth. I'm going to do it with the right spirit. I know what manner of spirit I'm of. I'm of the Lord, and I certainly believe in God's love. But you better hear me when I tell you that people that say they love him and don't do what he says are people that he said, I never knew you. Right. want to be among them that blessed are they that do his commandments. We want to be among them that really love him, not just with our lips, but with our heart. And that we draw near unto him, not just with our lips, but with our hearts. We draw near unto the Lord, and then he draws near to us. And he's looking right at his church, and he's going to look right at his church to the very last second when he takes it out of here. And he's going to take people out of here that have stood their ground. Stood their ground. So you stand your ground tonight whether it's with your mother, your father, your aunt, your uncle, your double first cousin, the guy on the job, the woman on the job, the boss, the underling, whoever, wherever you stand your ground and you bring the message with as much burden and love as you can muster and bring. But you bring the message. You bring the message. You tell them the truth. You teach them the truth. You share the truth with them. And you birth them. We bring them here to birth them. We want to baptize them and we want to birth them into the body of Christ. And everybody said amen. amen. And we're by the grace of God going to defend that message right up to the last split second. And everybody said amen. amen. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. I love you Jesus. I praise and worship you great and mighty God. I need your holy king. Let's begin to gather around tonight. You need the Holy Ghost, you come right in here. You haven't been baptized in Jesus' name yet. We want to baptize you in the name above every name. Oh, I'm out there on the battlefield. At times I stand come on alone. Now. That's when I reach for my holy armor. I pick up my shield of faith. I march out on the battlefield. Take up my sword and say, it's a struggle for survival. I dare not meet the foe. I'm out there on the battlefield. At times I stand alone. Oh, yeah. That's when I reach for my holy arm.